In celebration of Mother's Day, today's episode is all about the 10 things that my mom taught me that I have carried over into my adulthood, either right, wrong, indifferent, whatever. Uh, Some of them make me laugh. Some of them make me cry. Some of them make me do both at the same time. But today's episode is all about how the things my mother taught me have impacted me as a mother and how the lessons that I've learned, I'm trying to incorporate them um, to make my kids better children as well. So happy Mother's Day. I hope you enjoy the show and be sure to subscribe, connect, and review at the end of the episode. You're listening to the Kay Whitaker Podcast, created for boss moms and wives committed to slaying both their family and professional goals. You could say this show is the intersection of being a really good boss, a really good mom, and a really good wife, and doing them all on your terms. My name is Kay Whitaker, and I'm your host. And together we'll have unfiltered conversations with moms from across the world about what it really takes to life that you dream about. Our guests will share stories of triumphs, fears, challenges, and will empower us with their own perspectives on how we can navigate through our own challenges and conquer them to come out victorious on the other side. I'm an entrepreneur running two businesses alongside my husband, Tim. We're raising four kids ranging in age from teenager to infant, and all of our kids outside of the infant are super, super busy. But with everything that we have going on, we pride ourselves on making sure that we still make time for each other and we still take our individual time to do the things that we love. I've designed this show to be a safe place for honesty, vulnerability, and empowerment to support one another as we boldly go after life's dreams tear down old ideologies that keep us hostage and as we pursue our own modern definitions of success. If you're an ambitious boss mom looking for a community that supports you while you continue to evolve into the woman that you and everyone else loves, then I invite you to stick around because you're already amongst a good group of girlfriends. Now, without any further ado, let's hop into today's episode. Hey, girlfriend. So today's episode is dedicated to all of the things that my mama taught me. Considering it's Mother's Day, I thought it would be really cool just to share a few things. I made a list of 10 and I'm gonna try to keep it there so we can keep this show short today because I know that you are either spending time with your family, celebrating you, celebrating your mom. But today's a special day for you, so I don't wanna hold you for too long. So today's episode, I am gonna be talking about the 10 things that my mama taught me about being a mama. Okay. Now these are in no particular order. Um, They aren't like real deep stuff, but just as I could think, and I did this really quickly, like right off the top of your head, what can you think about the things that your mother taught you as a child that have kind of stuck with you as you've gone into being a mother of your own? And these were some of the things that I came up with. So hopefully Uh, You can relate. Maybe some of these things are the things that your mom taught you. Uh, Maybe you can share online with some of the things that your mom taught you. Just take a picture of it, write it down real quick, take a picture of it and share it in your Insta story. And then just use the hashtag K gets me and tag me in it so I can see it. But I thought it would be a really fun exercise to celebrate our moms. I'm going to definitely send this to my mom. Uh, to share what they've taught you. Good, bad, ugly, indifferent, doesn't matter. But these are just things that have kind of stuck with me. So one of the very first things uh, that my mom taught me was how to work extremely hard 
for my kids. So my mom was a single mother. Uh, she had me and she had my little brother. And coming up, we didn't have a whole lot. Like we didn't stay in, you know, this fabulous place or whatever. A lot of times I spent a lot of time between my mom and my grandmother's house just because my mom was working really, really hard. But what I can remember most about my childhood and what's kind of stuck with me now as an adult is that my mom busted her butt to make sure that she never had to tell me, no, I couldn't do something. So I was busy as a kid. I was really, really busy as a kid, which is probably why my kids are so busy now. That ain't even on the list, but it's probably a real reason why my kids are so busy now. But I was very active as a child. I had a very um, strong imagination. I wanted to try everything. I wanted to do everything. And my mom never, ever, ever kept me from as much as I can remember doing the things that I wanted to do, even if she had to work two or three jobs in order to make it happen. So I think a part of that work ethic has kind of stuck with me because I work extremely hard to make sure that my kids can do the things that they want to do. And a lot of times my girlfriends would be like, who them kids show is busy girl. I don't know how you can manage to do it all. But I just remember being a child that my myself and my brother never really had to not do something because my mom couldn't afford it. Like she always made it happen. And I don't know what she, the extent she went to to get it done. But I do remember my mom being on a bus to go to work. My mom having two or three jobs to go to work to make sure that whatever it is that we wanted to do, we were able to do. Even when I was staying with my grandmother for a period of time, my mom was still busting it out, doing her thing, making sure that I and my, myself and my brother were able to do exactly what we wanted to do, despite whatever our situation was. So that was one of the first things that my mom taught me. Thing number two um, was also how to take time for me, because as hard as my mom worked, my mom was a single mother. She was young, like she had me when she was 19. So we grew up together. It's kind of what I tell my daughter now because I had my oldest daughter at 20 and we kind of grew up together. So my mama was a young mother. She wasn't um, older in age and she still wanted to enjoy herself. So as much as she worked hard for us, she also worked hard for herself and she communicated when it was times for us and when it was times for her. Um, and she never allowed us to impede on her time that she had for her. Now, a lot of times my mom would find things to do that we all could do together, but we knew that if it was a moment that it was something that was specifically for her not to intrude on that time. And we never felt like she was taking away from us because she was doing for her. Oftentimes myself and my brother would try to make it easier for her to go out and do the things that she wanted to do for herself just because she we saw how much she gave to us and how often we were on the road she didn't take a lot of time for herself but the time that she did take for herself we knew that that was special time just set aside for mommy and that it was important for her to revitalize in order for her to be good for us and that has stuck with me i find myself a lot in my husband included because I really do do a lot for the kids. Like y'all see me all over the place, just making sure that the kids are situated. But when it's my time, when it's me time, it's me time. And me time doesn't have to be anything elaborate all the time, but there are specific parts of the day that are on reserve just for me. And I communicate that to my kids so that they don't feel like 
you know, they've done anything to intrude on my time. And I, and I even try to teach them how to take their personal time. Like if you need a minute, take your personal time because it's important that you spend time with yourself so that you can be great for other people. And when that time comes for me, I make it clear to my kids, okay, this is mommy time. Mommy's going to be in the room for a little while because she just needs some time to herself. You know, you guys go do whatever you're going to do, or I'm going to go off for a little bit. Y'all are going to be with daddy, or we're going to go drop you off somewhere and I'm going to go and hang out and do what I want to do. Whatever that time is for myself, we make it very clear. Even when my husband and myself are spending time together, this is mommy and daddy time. You know, we've done these things with you all. Now it's time for us to take time with ourselves. And I got that from my mom because my mom was a very clear communicator of boundaries and when things were supposed to be a certain kind of way, she made sure that we understood that and we didn't cross any of the boundaries that she had set for us. So we thought that was really, 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 really cool. And it stuck with me. It's something that I inadvertently find myself going, huh, I remember when my mom used to uh, go out with her girlfriends and just tell her, hey, I'm going out with the girlfriends for a little bit. This is my time to go and hang out. You know, I'll be back. And we never felt a kind of way. So I don't feel guilty. When I tell my kids, hey, mama's going out to enjoy herself, I'll be back. No, you can't go, you know, because this is my time. Uh, thing number three that my mama taught me was how to keep it cute. Uh, my mama stayed cute, okay? She stayed dressed and she stayed making sure her hair was done. She made sure my hair was done, which I don't always do the best job of with my girls. I'm getting better. I promise girls, I love you. You know, we just gonna have to find you a beautician cause it's hard on a mama. <laughs> but she always made sure that we were dressed real nice. And as I got older and started to really learn what it was to be a young lady and what it was to present myself to people, you know, in both the professional environment and the social environment, my mama was like on me. So like if I tried to leave the house looking cray cray, she was like, uh, no ma'am, where you going? Like it wasn't going down and it wasn't just like a regular smegler, you know, you gotta go and like put some nice clothes on. No, it was no, what's going on with your hair? Why your toes not done? <laughs> Why, like she wasn't big on makeup. So that was never really a thing, but like we had to be snatched at all times, like snatched. So I find myself even now being like, oh, I can't leave the house like that. So there's always a little bit of presentation going on when I leave the home. And I'm trying to instill that in my girls as well, because presentation is everything. And when people see you for the first time, you want to have a good representation of who you are, even on the days where you don't just feel like it. And I'm not saying that you got to be beat down every day of the week. But what I am saying is that at least, you know, if you're not feeling like it today, you know, put your hair in a ponytail, like do something with yourself so that you look presentable. Is it the easiest to instill in my kids? No, because my oldest is just like, oh, mom, leave me alone. She hates makeup. She's a very natural girl. She's like, if, you know, this is it, you know, but I do see now where when I'm putting on makeup, she's, she's watching, you know, she won't admit that she would want to do it for herself, but she's watching. She's watching how I carry myself. A lot of the times when I get upset with her, cause she got on jeans and tennis shoes, I have to go back and look at myself Well, what have you been doing lately? And a lot of times I'm in yoga pants and tennis shoes. So I realized that I hadn't been presenting myself in a certain way. So when I go back and make the adjustments for myself, I see her follow suit and make the adjustments for herself. Now my six-year-old, she's going to be glammed up anytime that she can. 
Like if I hadn't combed her hair fresh for the day, she's like, mama, you going to do something with my hair? Like it, she that kind of girl. So with her, it's a little different. My son thinks he is the cutest thing walking. So, you know, <laughs> he's a special little case. Uh, sometimes I have to tell him to lay off of the cologne, but that's a whole nother story. But my mama really taught me how to make sure that I carried myself in a way where I was appropriate for the right environments and that if I ran into somebody that I knew that I would look like somebody decent and that, you know, I should always be ready. And I find myself making sure that my daughter understand, my daughters understand the same thing. Like you have to always be ready. And that's not always the easiest thing, easiest of things, because I don't want to impress my thoughts of what ready is on them. But at the same time, I'm their mother, I'm their guide. It's my job to make sure that they understand these things. So even if you don't like it, you'll appreciate it later. And maybe you'll have an episode in about 20 years talking to me as your mom saying, hey, mama, thank you for being so pressed on me because I understand it now. So even if you don't get it now, you get it later. And that's kind of where I was because sometimes I was like, oh, mama, I don't want to do this. And it was, it didn't really matter. I, I really didn't have a choice in the, in the situation. Uh, so, and I find myself with my kids, it really don't matter. You really don't have a choice. Um, this is what we're going to do because I'm your mom and I know best. And that's how my mother was, uh, with me as it uh, came to my appearance and the way that I presented myself. Uh, the fourth thing that I learned from my mom was how to make stuff happen. So again, my mother was a single mother and we didn't have a whole lot of resources available to us, but like I said before, like I didn't know that as a kid because stuff always popped off. And now in my adulthood, especially being a business owner, having four kids, um, my husband is not tight, but he's a lot more. And I won't even call it financially responsible. He's just a lot more financially conscious than I am because his childhood was harder than I, than mine was. So he's a lot more reserved in the way he makes decisions. Sometimes he's not as big of a risk taker as I am, but I will take the risk if I can see the return on the investment. And my mom taught me how to do that. Like she would analyze stuff and like stuff just happened. There was never an excuse as to why things couldn't happen. They just happened because they needed to happen. And now in my business, especially, I find myself making stuff happen because it needs to happen. I'm, I'm creative. I'm innovative. Um, I know how to move some stuff around, especially in the very beginning. I was, you know, when you just getting started, you don't have the most resources in the world. So you have to pull things from here to make stuff happen. And it's kind of worked out. And I got that trait from my mom. Again, I don't know what she was doing to make it happen, but I just know that the thought process and the ideology behind, you know, stuff got to happen. I got that from her and I'm grateful for that because it's helped me to not panic in situations where things don't exactly look like what I want them to look like. But instead, I, I know how to get resourceful. I know how to pray. I know how to, you know, go and look for wise counsel and ask questions. And I got that because it's instilled in me that this has got to happen. I see it clearly. Um, there's not, you know, we have roadblocks and stuff like that, but it's not like, you know, there's peace in this. So I know that there's supposed, it's supposed to happen. Now how it's going to happen. I don't know, but I know that it needs to happen. So I've got to go out and make that happen. And my, that's a trait from my mother and I appreciate and love her for that. Uh, the fifth thing that my mother 
taught was how to love despite of faults. So because my mother was a single mother, um, you know, as a child, I grew up with a lot of daddy issues. And I can say that now because my dad wasn't around as a young child. He and I have a really good relationship now, but as a kid growing up, he wasn't present. Um, and a lot of times his lack of presence, I took out on my mother. So as much as she was doing for me, and I don't know if she was overcompensating because sometimes I too have situations where there's a lack of parenting from the other side with two of my older kids. Um, I don't know if the work that she did on the front end was to overcompensate for what I wasn't getting or if it was just, you know, that's just what she was. Either way, it doesn't matter to me. But for me as a child, I wasn't always the most appreciative, especially when I got to be a teenager. <laughs> um, so a lot of the issues that I had stem from the anger that I was going through and the confusion that I was going through as a teenager as to why my dad wasn't present. And because she was my mother and she was always pre present, I took those things out on her. So I wasn't the easiest teenager to parent and it didn't change the love that my mother had for me. My mother loved me despite of the issues that I was causing at home, despite of the character that I was being at school, despite of the um, despite of the acting out that I was doing. And I think that's just a mother's love. But now that I'm a parent and now that I have a teenager and a preteen that I see similar characteristics in sometimes, I have learned not to get frustrated, but to empathize with them in those situations, both one, because I understand because I personally was there, but then two, my mother did not allow my behavior to influence the way that she treated me as my mom. She was stern. She didn't take no mess. Like there were times where I was looking up from the floor because my mama had knocked me out. Like she body slammed me. There was a number of things <laughs> that I could talk about <laughs> that me and my mother went through as a child. But when I look at my own children um, and I see those characteristics, I, I, think back to how my mother treated me. And when I want to get frustrated and be like, oh, I'm not doing this, then I have to kind of call back and be like, you know what? Your mother never gave up on you. Your mother never said those things to you despite your behavior. And you're not going to do that to your own kids. And furthermore, you should understand what they're going through because you had similar feelings. So instead of getting frustrated and angry with them, let's try to help them work through those emotions based off of what you went through. And let's not get frustrated as an adult with a child. And I got that from my mom because I've heard horror stories from other children where their parents were not that to them. And it could have been different. And my mother never allowed her own mental state because later in life, I found out that there were things going on with her mentally that she never really shared. But she didn't allow those things to trickle down onto us in that particular situation. I'm sure there are some things that I picked up on, you know, non-verbally, you know, without knowing, but from a verbal communication standpoint, from a physical communication standpoint, my mother did not allow my poor behavior and my terrible decision-making to influence the love that she was going to have for me. And it seemed like when I, the, the worse I responded to her as a child, the harder she loved. 
and I, I find myself in situations like that now with my kids. And I'm grateful that I have a spouse to kind of talk to. And my mother didn't have that. So when I think about her in those moments, you know, it really puts a special place and a, a, a deeper level of respect that I have for my mother now in my older age, because I can only imagine if I was still a single mother now with these children, you know, how things might be different. I don't know if they would or they wouldn't, but they could be different. And I just appreciate her so much for not allowing my poor behavior uh, to influence even the way that she is for me now. Cause there was a rough patch, you know, in my early, my late teens, early twenties, we went through some rough stuff, but now we are like thick as thieves. Um, and you can't even tell that those were the moments that we were having and the love is just incredible. So that was number, what was that? Number five. Yep. Number six. Um, the sixth thing that my mother taught me was how to speak my mind. Now I told you I was cuckoo for cuckoo puffs as a child, but my mother encouraged me to communicate how I was feeling. And a lot of times, and my husband, he's just like, I don't like the way y'all talk now. It's just beyond me. I could not say some of the stuff <laughs> that you say to your mom, to my mom. It, I just could not have that relationship. Even with my grandmother, it was a very open, open relationship. And the lines of communication were like always there. And I could talk to my mom. Even when I was acting a fool, I still was comfortable enough to share how I was feeling because my mother encouraged it. She encouraged me to speak about how I was feeling with a level of respect, although she was very lenient in the way that I could have a conversation with her. We weren't girlfriends, but she did allow for me to speak how I needed to, to speak freely, to get it out as long as I wasn't being like sideways with her so that, and I think she did that. So she would know where I was. So she knew how to guide me through the situation. And a lot of times I find myself having to dig on that because I'm huge on respect. I'm huge on making sure that, you know, everybody's respected me, respecting the kids, the kids respecting me, my husband, and a lot of times, you know, there's some stuff that's going on in my kid's head that I just be like, oh, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. But at the same time, um, if if there's not a safe space at home for you to talk about it, then, you know, you get ignorant advice from your friends that don't know nothing. So I appreciate having those moments where I could just talk and just share how I was feeling, whether it was the right delivery or not in that moment. And if I did not deliver it right, she didn't fuss with me. She was just like, Hey, you didn't say that right. You know, um, I'm cool with you expressing your feelings, but just don't deliver it that way. The next time you feel like this, then try it this way, because that came off a little disrespectful. Um, and I would do so. So what I try to do, and I'm not perfect at it and I am working on it. And it's always something that I'm trying to work on is I'm trying to figure out how to create that environment and how to keep and foster that environment, especially now with my teenagers, so that I know what's going on. Um, my husband is like private investigator, <laughs> you know, but for me, I like for it to be a more open environment where you can really come and talk and share because there's a lot of stuff that kids deal with. Um, and, you know, kids now, and even when I was a kid, you know, we think our parents don't know anything. And it's just healthy, I think, 
for you to be able to have those open lines of communication with your children because you're the first line of defense and you can provide the guidance and the wisdom. I ultimately can't make the decision for you. And if you don't make the decision that I want you to make, you know, you know, depending on what it is, we're going to deal with that. But I, my job as your parent is to guide you, to bring you to Christ, to make sure that you are equipped to make decisions for yourself to operate in society like a functioning human being. And that does not mean that my job is to make the decisions for you. It's to teach you how to make these decisions and allow you to make your mistakes so that you can learn from them and to allow you to live life. Because if you decide to do something differently than what I did, it's not a big deal because I've decided to do things differently than what my parents did. And I'm still okay. And I appreciate my mother for setting the foundation for communication like that in our relationship so that I would know that it's okay to have that level of communication with my kids because it is different in some environments uh, where some parents don't have that open level of communication with their children because it's this hierarchy thing. And granted, my kids still respect me. We're not friends. I'm still very much their parent, but I do allow them or try to allow them to come and talk about things freely so that I can know what they're going through, how they're feeling, so I can provide the guidance as a parent that they need right now. Um, and I know that they're equipped. That's that's my number one goal is just to make sure they're equipped to deal with life situations on their own without me being present and having sound, good judgment based off of wisdom that I bring versus based off of the things that they might hear from their friends or in the streets or something like that. So my mother instilled that in me and we try to, I try to make sure that that's instilled in the kids. My husband and I do see things a little differently as far as communication is concerned, but we've learned how to merge the way that we communicate with our kids so that it works for everybody in the household. And I think that's very, very important as well. Uh, the seventh thing that I got from my mother was how to dream outside of where I was. So again, we were, we, we lived in a hood. We didn't have a whole bunch of resources, but I was never like confined to the hood. My mother took me outside of the environment that we were in to expose me to different things in life so that I could see that it was more than just where we were that life had to offer and that I could actually attain those things despite of where I lived on a day-to-day -day basis. I went to school in different places. I would wake up and have to be on a bus at 5.30 to go across town to go to magnet school. She made sure that she developed the arts that I had and she, she catered to my creativity and she put me in stuff that allowed me to see past the the stuff that I would see on my drive home. Even though I lived in the hood, there was very little time that I spent there outside of, you know, the weekends because I was always busy doing something else. Even when I made up in my mind that in high school that I just wanted to come back and take the pressure off, I had already been exposed. I had already seen things outside of the gang and the violence and the drugs and stuff that I was exposed to in my immediate environment. And I knew that when I got to be an adult and I was in control of where I could live and what I could do, that I was going to work my hardest to get outside of that immediate neighborhood so that when I had children, I could expose them to that. And that came from my mom. I had no idea 
that it would end up into entrepreneurship and all other kind of stuff. But I knew that there was something deeper than the hood. There was something deeper than just the people that look like me. She exposed me to people that had different beliefs that looked differently than I did. And she made sure that I could operate in those environments. And that was a heaven send for me because it has taught me how to be flexible in my adult life and how to function in different environments and how to love different types of people outside and how to relate to different types of people because my exposure started as a child. And when I got to be an adult, I took that exposure and kind of amplified it because I wanted more of it. I love my people and I love being able to be a resource to my people, but I knew that it was important to understand that the world is at is is it a place where I have full access to? And despite the challenges and stuff that we go through as African-American people, that I had a responsibility to be able to take what I had to offer and bring it to the world. And that started even as a young child, I'm talking like elementary school age child. My mother was making sure that I was exposed and I was prepared to be able to do what I needed to do. Now, the eighth thing, that I learned from my mother um, was how to make my money do what it want. I, I needed it to do. Okay. Again, 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 we were not, we did not have a lot of resources. My mother was a single mother. She had me and my brother. Then it came to a point in time where she had to start to help my grandmother as well. My grandfather had passed. I went to live with my grandmother, so my grandmother wasn't financially responsible for me. My mother was, and my mother was still sending money to my grandmother. Even though I was living there, she was making sure that my needs were being provided for. That was all my mom. And she didn't make a whole lot of money. Like, I can look back now and know that the jobs that she had were not paying a whole lot, but bills stayed on, food stayed on the table. We still had everything we need, and we made sure that we could participate in stuff. Now, as a child, I was not in her financial situation, so I have no idea how she was making those things happen. But what I saw from the outside as a child was that despite what our situation was, despite what we were going through, that the resources that I had, I had to take those and make those do what it needed to do for the things that we needed. Did she tell us no at times? No, we can't do that right now, baby, because we don't have the money for it. Yeah, but the things that were important the things that we absolutely needed, we did not go without because of money. We did have family members that helped and things of that nature, but she wasn't out asking people to do anything. My mother was a hustler. She was a hard worker and not a hustler like trying to get up. Like my mother had the spirit of making things happen for her children. She took accountability and responsibility for us, even though she was young and she put her skills to use and she kept a job. She kept educating herself. I remember she went to court reporting school and she brought me to the elementary school across the street from the court reporting school so that she could work, come to court reporting school. And when I got out of school, I could come across the street to where she was to with her to wait on her to finish school so that we could then get on the bus and ride for an hour, hour and a half back into where we lived, you know, eat dinner make sure my brother was taken care of when he was at my grandmother's house and get ready for the next day to start the day all over again. Like we made things happen. And I saw that in her and I saw her take the money that she would get from her paycheck, make sure my grandmother had, make sure we had, and then make sure she was still able to do the things that she wanted to do as well. 
So as a child, while I did not understand how to manage money and all of those other things, I grew up knowing that I was going to, if times got hard and I needed to, that I was going to have to do those things. And there was a season in my life, I ain't always been married. My husband and I have been together for 11 years, married for six, going on six. But for my my oldest daughter is 15. So for four years, I had her and I had a brand new child. Like my husband came into our life when my son was less than a year old. And for that time, when I had those two kids, I was a single mother. So I had, and I didn't have a lot. Even though I was exposed to some things, I still, you know, kind of made similar decisions or, or similar mistakes to what my mother had did. And I mirrored that. But I also took the bad part of what I saw and the good part of what I saw. And I knew that I had to provide for my children, even though resources weren't always there. I had financial issues. I did not have it perfect. There were, you know, things that happened, repossessed cars and evictions, all kinds of stuff in that area of my life. But my children were never negatively impacted. We were never put out of our home, even though it might have got close. We were never put out. Um, and we always had transportation. We always had food. The bills were always paid and they were always dressed to the nines and they had everything that they needed. And I'm grateful that I learned those skills because even now that we have more and that we're blessed and that we're fortunate and that is not our situation by any means of the stretch of the imagination, those things still reign true in the way that I operate. And while my husband doesn't think that I'm the most fiscally responsible person in the world, and I often say that he is a lot more reserved in spending my money, our money, I know that if something happened to him, that we were going to make it happen. And that's just instilled from me from childhood. And again, I appreciate it, uh, good and bad, because it's helped me to be who I am now. Uh, thing number nine that my mama taught me was how to not conform to what everyone else was doing. Um, there were, again, <laughs> and I'm going to keep talking about our environment. There might be a whole nother show. But our environment wasn't the best environment of the in the world. And while my dad wasn't present from a raising standpoint, I my dad was in and out of jail as a child. He sold drugs. He gang banged. He did a lot of stuff. And I knew it. I wasn't oblivious to it. Even as a child, I understood what was going on. Uh, I would see it walking up and down the streets like there were dope houses on corners. Like I've literally sat in the living room and watched the feds run up to a house. Like it was that type of environment for us as a child. Some of my friends before we made our high school were killed. Like it was that type of thing. So we weren't, I wasn't blindfolded to the stuff that was going on around me. And I could have made some very poor decisions. Now my poor decisions came down to the men, but that was even when I had gotten to co college, I just made poor decisions as far as men were concerned. And that kind of stems from some of the daddy issues that I had. And that's a whole nother episode. Um, but I was taught not to conform to those things that were going on around me. She taught me how education, self-confidence, and how work ethic would get me out of those situations. And that though those things were present, I didn't have to choose to be a part of them. And it wasn't like she could physically take me out. There were times where I was walking to bus stations, uh, walking to bus stops. I was in the environment. I was a great basketball player as a child. So I was at the park often with the same people 
that I was instructed not to make the decisions with. So I was in the environment. I just knew that there were two parts of life. And I learned at a very early age from her that there were consequences for your decisions. And with every decision that you made, you were either going to suffer the consequence if it was a poor decision or you were going to gain the reward if it was a good decision. And I always wanted the reward versus the consequence. I didn't want to go to jail. (laughs) I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to end up pregnant, but I did. I didn't want to end up on welfare. I didn't want to live in rundown houses with bugs and all other kind of stuff. There were things that I did not want to do. And my mother taught me that if those were the things that I did not want to do, that I needed to behave differently than those people were behaving so that I did not succumb to those consequences. And I learned that at an early age that you don't fit in with the crowd because if you fit in with the crowd, you're going to have the same results that the crowd is getting. So instead, you have to do differently so that you can see differently. And that was preached to me daily. Don't do what your friend is doing because your friend is one, going to get you beat down. <laughs> and then two, you're going to have the same results. Don't think you different. You know, so if you behave that way, then you can expect to get treated the way that she's being treated. So if you don't want to have those treatments and those consequences, then you have to do something different. And she showed me what different was. She didn't just tell me. She showed me again. She made sure that I saw things in other areas that were different, which helped me to make decisions that were different. Um, and I try to do that with my kids where we live now is very suburban. There's not a whole lot of people that look like us, but, and I don't do the best job of it. And this is something that my husband and I talk about all the time. Like if our kids grew up in the environment that we grew up in, they wouldn't make it like my kids ain't gangster. (laughs) Um, so, but I try to expose them to our culture and I try to expose them to even the bad stuff so they can see because you need to know that life is good where you are, but there are real consequences when you make poor decisions. And while mommy and daddy have worked hard to make sure you are here, and this partnership that my husband and I have had has blessed us to be able to get here, there are still people that are struggling. And you need to be familiar with their struggle as well because some of the decisions that you make can have you here. And if you don't see what here is, then you don't realize the real consequences of poor decisions. So we still try to expose them to that so that they understand that there's a this place and a that place in life. And those places are going to be determined by your actions. And it's real, even for you, even though this is not the environment that you're growing up in, uh, it's your choices that land you in positions, not necessarily where you are. And it's my mother that taught me how to do that. And I think Tim's mother taught him how to do that. And together, we just try to make sure we are busting it out for our kids. Um, So that's number nine. And then the final thing that I want to share with you guys today about what my mother taught me was how to make family, like my extended family, really, really important. Like together as, you know, a really tight niche family, we were always close, always spending time with each other. It was me, my mom, my grandmother, my grandmother's sisters, uh, my mom's brothers, and then like cousins after Wazoo. And that has stuck with me. I find myself now always wanting my people together. And like most families, we go through seasons. But anytime I have an opportunity to be with like all my people, like I'm like smiling like a chest cat. <laughs> like it is heaven for me because I love, love, 
love my family, faults and all. I do not care. I don't care what your life situation is. I don't care what the differences are. It doesn't matter to me, right, wrong, or indifferent, doesn't matter. Family is important to me. And if God put us together by blood and DNA, then you mean something to me. And if I have an opportunity to bring everybody together, then I'm going to do that. So a lot of times we celebrate. My house is the celebration house. We do parties like crazy because I like to celebrate my kids' birthdays. Um, And anytime we do that, I try to make sure that everybody's included. Now, whether you come or not is up to you, but everybody's invited. And, you know, just like your family, we got issues and some people will come, some people won't. But when they don't come, my heart hurts. And I share that with my husband. My mom knows that too. I get in my feelings a little way about it because I'm like, despite anything that we're going through and despite whatever we've got going on, we are family. We are like tied to the hip and I want you there. And that is so directly related to what my mother and my grandmother were. They were, they are, were the matriarchs of the family they are the ones that are like, if something's going down, ask Briggs. That's my mom. Ask Briggs. Or when my grandmother was here, ask uh, Snooky. Or, you know, for us, it was ask Granny. Like, that that was just it. And we was the house that everybody congregated at. And some might think it's selfish, but I don't want to go to your house. Come to my house. <laughs> because I, wanna, I want to serve you. I want to make sure it's laid out for you. I want to cook a meal for you. I want you to come and just relax and not do nothing and just let us just hang out and have a good time. That's it. That's it. Uh, and those were the 10 things that I could just ramble off rapid fire that I learned from my mom. And I thought it would be good to share with you. So now what I want you to do is I want you to think about the 10 things that you learned from your mom, good, bad, or indifferent doesn't matter. I know some of us have loving relationships with their mothers like I have with mine. And there are some, some of us that did not have loving relationships with our mothers, but there are still things that we learned, whether we wanted to do them or we did not want to do them. And they had an impact on who we are right now. So for Mother's Day, you know, it's the end of the day. Hopefully you're kind of catching this after you've wound down, or maybe it's the Monday after and you're listening to it and you're catching up on it. Just reflect back on maybe 10 things and rapid fire. Don't think too deep because you don't want this to be too deep. Just take a piece of paper, write them down. The things that I learned from my mama, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the indifferent and share them with her. If you can, if she's still here to share them with her, share them with her. If not, fold them up and put them somewhere special for you. Uh, If you don't have a great relationship with her, but you've got kids and you wanna make sure that the relationship that you have with kids is a positive and loving and nurturing one, think about the things that you did not like from the relationship that you got with your mom and how you can incorporate the opposite of those to make sure that you're building stronger, better, and nurturing relationships with your children and communicate with your kids. I like to spend this time where I'll go back and say, hey, these are the 10 things that I got from my mama. This is how they affected me as an adult, you know, and encourage my kids to think about, you know, you don't have to tell me now, but take what you like and what you don't like about what we're doing here in this relationship. This is how you learn. It's going to influence the way you make decisions later. Just write them down, keep them somewhere and revisit them every once in a while because our parents have a huge impact 
good, bad, present or not on how we act now as an adult. And I think it's important as mothers that we understand that and we communicate that to our kids so that they understand it. And the sooner we can get that message engraved in them, they can start to develop their own paths for their own lives and hopefully in partnership with us that we are able to shape them into better human beings than even what we are because I know that that was the goal for my mom. So it's been great. Hope your Mother's Day has been a great one. Um, When you write your stuff down, snap a picture of it, post it to your Insta story, use the hashtag KGetsMe and tag me in it and I'll repost it on mine. I'm really curious to see what your mom taught you. Are there some similarities in what we've got going on? But I just wanted to make sure that this Mother's Day episode was available to you and say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. If your mom is not here for you to share that time with her, I love you. You are special. Your children love you. Uh, You make a huge impact on this world. And I'm sending you peace and comfort on today. And I'm giving you a great big old virtual hug to let you know that, you know, there is love on this day and there is joy in this day, even if this day does not represent a good day for you based off of the relationship you've had with your own mom. And to the rest of you moms that do have your mom here, hug her, kiss her, love on her, hug and kiss and love on your children. Uh, I hope you have enjoyed your day and we will see you guys in the next episode. Dear mama, I just wanted to say on this Mother's Day, how much I appreciate you and the sacrifices that you made to make sure that myself and Desmond had everything that we need and we knew that you loved us more than life itself. Today I talked about 10 things that I learned from you, but the list goes on and on and on. And as I look back now, being a mother of these four kids, I now understand a lot of the things that you were telling me as a child. And it is my hope that I can not only instill into them what I've learned from you, that they also will understand when they get older the things that I am trying to teach them as far as life is concerned. You have been an incredible role model. You have been an incredible woman. And I am so honored that God saw fit to bless me with a mother like you in this life that I have. Happy Mother's Day. I love you. I appreciate you. And I hope that listening to this episode, you got a few laughs, you chuckled a little bit, and (laughs) you were able to see just how impactful, if not already, the things that you did for me as a child have made on the life that I have now. Happy Mother's Day, Mommy. And I wish you the many, many more. Hey, girlfriend, it's that time. If you love this episode, I really want to know. Please subscribe if you haven't already and leave us a five-star review telling me what you love, what your takeaway was, and who you'd like to hear on the show. By leaving your review, it helps to continue to provide awesome content, and it also helps us to book guests that you love and want to hear from. As a token of my appreciation for your review, I'd like to send you a gift. I've compiled a list of my favorite boss mom resources that help keep me balanced, focused, energized, and sane, and I want to send that list to you. 
To get a copy of my favorite things, all you have to do is leave us a review, take a screenshot of it, and email it to podcast at kwordica.com, and I'll send you out the list within 24 hours. That's it. Until the next episode, be sure to connect with me everywhere. I'm all over the place. It's Kay Whitaker. This conversation has been great. It's been amazing. And I cannot wait to see you on the next episode.